Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Greetings, folks. Today is Thursday, March 17th, 2022, and we're a few hours away from the full moon in Virgo. Earlier, I took a look at the chart for tomorrow morning's full moon, and it almost makes a kite shape, but not quite. One thing that is true is that our Virgo full moon is holding down a huge piece of a balancing and equilibrium point for much of the rest of our planetary weather. Since as of today, Mars, Venus, and Saturn are clustering in Aquarius, while the Sun, Mercury, Jupiter, and Neptune are clustering in Pisces, and Pluto and Uranus are doing their slow, moving things over in Capricorn and Taurus, respectively. So they've been there a while. This means our Virgo full moon is holding down the other half of the sky, like a grounding rod, an anchor, a handle of an umbrella. I like the potential balance of this full moon, close to the spring equinox, which also invites us into questions and reflections about balance, shedding, spring cleaning, letting go, detoxification, and new beginnings. And yet this is somewhat paradoxically uh, a time, right? Because a full moon is often interpreted as a culmination point. Not necessarily a new beginning, but of course, as they say, all new beginnings are some other beginning's end. This week has been a good week to get things into order, to synthesize and integrate the last to-dos or undos of the winter and to start to gaze ahead into the spring. Where I live in the Midwest U.S., Spring actually does emerge around the equinox time at the end of March. The first spring ephemeral flowers are up here. The trees are slightly budding, daffodils are opening their faces, and it's lightly bright. We've had a time change here too. I am also a spring-born being. I arrived as an infant into this kind of fresh burst energy. So I'm akin to this time with all its change and bursts of new life. It nourishes me or it resonates with me. It resonates with me cellularly and somatically. And parts of my astrological natal chart resonate with this season too. I have friends, however, who know that the first burst of the season brings allergies and difficulty breathing and for some, congestion or even overwhelm of energy. For them, this season can feel challenging or to some extent even malnourishing. So where are you on this spring equinox? How do you feel about it, depending on where you live? I think we can look to several places in our natal astrological chart to learn and discover ways we can deeply nourish ourselves. I think it can be refreshing also to deconstruct the so-called wellness industry and influencer culture verbiage and mantras 
about self-care and nourishment because most of those mantras, influencer prescriptions, slogans, and paragraphs about self-care, self-love, or personal nourishment come from a misconception or bias that we are all elementally the same, or rather that our energetic blueprints and elemental balances are similar to each other. So everyone can benefit from the following X, Y, or Z, right? Shouldn't an hour a day of meditation be good for most everyone? Or intermittent fasting? Or cardio dance? Or cryotherapy? Or a massage? No. When we approach nourishment and self-care from an astrologically informed perspective, we can understand key aspects of our elemental makeup that is critical in finding and knowing self-care and nourishing teams, events, peoples, groups, rituals, work, and food. So knowing how to navigate these ideas of nourishment. Furthermore, by this study of our personal astrological cycles, called transits and progressions, we can update our self-care and nourishment needs in a coherent, intelligent, and informed way. So this is what this next cycle of the podcast series is going to be about, as you may have put together, nourishment and the differences between us and how astrology can inform our self-care rituals, places we gravitate towards, and our personal nourishment. We might call this astrologically informed self-care, or we might call this cycle or this podcast series Nourishment Through the Lens of the Moon. And this beginning, part one and two, will be an overview, an invitation into unfolding this topic. For many years of my 20s, I lived in a Zen Buddhist community. There is so much good in that I could tell. Wonderful sensory memories of sharing dark bread and peanut butter during a work break at the Sangha, waking up in the dark morning, morning after morning to sit and hearing the emergence of the first birds pre-dawn the sweet smell of incense. It was a deep necessity at that time of my life leading up to my Saturn returns to be quiet, to be in that monastery. Well, one thing that occurred to me after being there for several years is that I've always had a tendency in my character structure, in my elemental balance, and in my astrological makeup to get lost in immersive experiences. I've always been drawn to things that were immersive, that led to things or feelings of disassociation and selflessness. I had a predisposition to be into situations that removed me from the day-to-day. It has actually been a part of my nourishment, self-care, and nurturance to meditate a little less and become engaged in the day-to-day, the stuff of this earth a little more. 
I have refined my understanding of my elemental nature through studying my natal composition and continuing to have mindful awareness of my body, my mind, and authentic emotional responses through the help of other arts such as body work and yoga, walking and dance and therapy. And we're all like this in some way. We're all a unique composition of elements. In this podcast, we cannot go completely personal or in-depth about every aspect that combines to constellate our unique care and nourishment needs. So if you're starting to listen to this series and you like this approach and you'd like to inquire more about your own self-care your nourishment needs, or just your relationship with nourishment astrologically, you can schedule a consultation with me, one or more, by visiting my website. It's just my name. It's allisondisler.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-D-I-S-T-L-E-R.com. And I'd be happy to talk more with you about how your chart informs your self-care and your nourishment needs. So even though we're not able to look at every aspect of a natal chart in a podcast that shapes our nourishment and self-care style, we can look to one indicator to study as a gateway into the question, how do I nourish myself or what is really nourishing to me? And this celestial indicator or body is the moon. The moon can be in 12 different signs. So if you already know your moon sign, great. You can write that down or just remember it. And remember also that the moon in your natal chart is going to be in one of the 12 houses. So it can be helpful also if you have your chart handy or you want to look it up just to know what sign and what house your moon is in as you continue to study this podcast cycle. When most of us hear the word nourishment, I think that we think about food. We may think about nutrition or vitamins and minerals. Another way to think of nourishment is nourishing soil. If you garden or farm, nourishing soil includes adding appropriate soil amendments or getting your soil tested. For others, nourishment has to do with healthy hair or nails. Or for some, you might think about providing for or growing a family of your own. Nourishment includes food, supplements, and the material we put into our bodies, but it is so much more than that. Have you ever felt spiritually nourished by a service or a ceremony or a ritual? How about physically nourished by a hug or a massage? Have you read books or magazines or been to a concert that nourished your heart or soul? How about connecting with a long-lost friend or soaking in a hot spring, taking a day off, making a craft, getting lost in baking or cooking? I could go on and on with the list. To help make this process meaningful, I invite you to pause this podcast and make a list. It can be a what nourishes me list, or if that's a little out of reach, 
simply write at the top of the page, what I like is, or what I love is, and take a few minutes to generate a list. Try to write without stopping for three to five minutes. Now, when you've got that list, take a look at it and see if there are similar groupings of things. Maybe you can color code them. For example, food, activities, experiences, people, knowledge, games, fun, etc. The list could go on. See if there are any themes you recognize on your list. If you continue to listen for the next several weeks, you can refine your list or amend your list, especially as you listen to the podcast episode on your moon sign. If you are someone who is having a hard time with the word nourishment, the idea of nourishment, or feel like you're drawing a blank, don't worry. Part of the aim of this podcast series on the moon is to help lift up and possibly illumine some ideas around nourishment and potential avenues of cultivation. Some moon signs will have a greater innate or intuitive feeling and understanding of nourishment or an affinity with nourishment. Others may have a more strained or challenging time with the feeling or idea of nourishment. This may be because some of us have had life experience or family experience that may have been malnourishing. This may be real or perceived, and when we talk about the moon, we must be real and authentic to make mention that some of us have felt more nourished than others, and the feeling or experience of malnourishment can be very tender for those of us who've experienced that. If you need to take a moment, take a moment to breathe. This is big and rich and a sensitive place for some of us. It could also feel exciting, helpful, or even a little scary to look at. Do know that I believe we all have agency to foster fresh connection with nourishment, even if we've been taught or shown differently. And it can be a gift to learn how there are so many different ways into that connection into that lifeline that nourishment and self-care can be. By using astrology, our natal chart, to guide us, we can see and learn that every one of us has cords of strength and cords of challenge. Our chart also acts as an anchor point for us. As we unpack self-care and nourishment from a moon-based perspective, Remember that no moon is either all gifted or all challenging. Each moon is unique. Each moon is different in what it is hungry for. In other words, all of us have hungry moons, and we get to be the stewards of its growth. Next week in part two of this introduction or this overview, we'll dive into the moon and its general modern and traditional interpretations. For now, go outside and give the moon an offering of your attention and stay tuned.
Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.